If you have your Bibles for a few moments, I want to turn your attention to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. I was thinking just a moment ago, um, my brother got up here the other night and said he normally didn't preach a message unless he had had 40 hours of study in it. And then he went on to preach one of the most incredible messages I've ever heard about the awe of God. I would like to use that same line tonight, but I can't. But I will tell you that uh, the more I have tried to wrap my mind around what I feel like the Lord uh, has spoken to me, the more difficult it is to um, to really grasp it all. So we're going to take a journey tonight. I want you to keep your Bibles handy because we're going to be looking at a number of scriptures. And so I want you to walk through it with me. It's not just me, but it's the word of the Lord. First Kings chapter 17, verse number one. And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead and unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years according to my word. Verse 2 said, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came again unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me. I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, 
fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and said, and she and he and her house did eat many days and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. My subject tonight goes back to the beginning of our text. And I want to draw out this, the, the, the words of, of our scripture reading and simply talk to you about when the brook dries up. When the brook dries up. There is something in Scripture that we hear very little of uh, in, in preaching, and that is what is known as the providence of God. The providence, or provi- pro- provincia, as it comes from uh, the original language, simply means foresight, or the making provision beforehand. It is simply talking about God's guidance and his direction and his governance of our lives. And it is God who is superintending all things that pertain to my life and your life and guiding them toward a divinely appointed end. God's good judgment And God's management of our lives is what we talk about when we talk about the providence of God. Perhaps better stated, it could be said that God has his way. Or as scripture says, that God upholds all things by the power of his word or by the word of his power. God is working. And God is not only working, but he is working in my behalf all the time. Sometimes I do not see that. And sometimes I find it hard to discern. But God is always governing and caring and dealing and guiding. When you go to scripture, you discover very quickly What I am saying to you is so. If you go to the book of Psalms and you read in the 20th chapter, you read verse number 6, it reads like this. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his hand. The psalmist said, I just want you to know that the Lord saved me and he has kept his hand upon me and I am, uh, I'm acknowledging that hand upon my life 
even now. In Psalm chapter 77, again, the psalmist said in verse number 13, he said, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? The New Testament speaks to us of that same sovereign God and that same God who works in our behalf. In Ephesians, the first chapter, when Paul was addressing the church at Ephesus, he wanted them to know where it all began for him. And he said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. I am here to tell you tonight that there is a will of God that is being worked out in all of our lives. And we need to understand that it's not you or I that's orchestrating that, but it is the sovereign hand of an almighty God who sees more and sees farther than any of us could dare believe. Amen. Go with me now to Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read what I just quoted to you a moment ago. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite Verses in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter one and verse three, he said, who being the brightness of his glory, speaking of Jesus Christ and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I love the word that declares to me that God is upholding all things. Do you understand what all includes? Not just the spiritual things that you like to consider, but all things that pertain to your life. They're being upheld by the power of his word or by the word of his power tonight. The reason that I'm here, the reason that you're still here is not because you're stronger than anybody else, but because God has been good to you and God has made a way for you and God has provided for you at every turn of your pathway. Amen. Praise God. Let's go on another journey. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's start in First Chronicles. I get excited when I, when I read some of these verses and realize what God is trying to say to me. But let's begin in First Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 11 and 12. He said, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine strength are in thine hand, it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, O our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Psalm chapter 24, 
the psalmist picks up the pen and tries to describe again this sovereign working of God, this provident, this governing of the almighty God. And in Psalm chapter 24 and verse 1, he said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I have news for you tonight. The world does not belong to the devil. The world belongs to the God who created this world. And it may be under a cover of darkness right now, but that darkness is not going to last forever because his hand still governs the time clock of eternity. Amen. I'm thankful that I know that tonight. Psalm chapter 33 and verse number 11. In Psalm 33 and verse 11, he said, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Psalm chapter 89 and verse number 11. Psalms 89 and verse 11. He said it like this. The heavens are thine. The earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm. Strong is thy hand and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. I am thankful tonight to know that my life and my future is not in the hands of a Democrat or a Republican or a government or a system of governments. It's not in the weight balances of of money or the monetary exchange. But my life tonight is in the hands of the Almighty. And He directs my path. And He leads me in the way that I should go. And if I will obey him and I will follow him, he will always take care of me. Some of you need to understand that tonight because you're confused about what you're going through right now. And the fact is that what you're going through right now is just a time of testing and proving you so that when you get to the next place in your journey, you'll have enough faith to believe God for anything. I'm going to show that to you in a minute. Psalm chapter 95 and verse number 3. He said, For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is also. The sea is His and He made it and His hands for... Formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm chapter 115. In Psalms 115 and verse number 3. He said, but our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. 
God has done whatsoever he hath pleased. Psalm 121 and verse number 1. Psalms 121 and verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. Do I need to say that again tonight to somebody? The Lord is thy keeper. Not some, not some business that you work for, but the Lord is your keeper. And you need to understand that because that job could disappear, but you're not going to disappear because when that job disappears, God's going to make sure there's something else for your child, for his child to have substance from. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me go ahead and finish reading. I'm getting a little excited here. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God is a governing, sovereign God who is orchestrating these things for our good. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Let's just journey a little further. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 24. If you get there before me, say ho, hallelujah or something. I don't know. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 24. He said, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. That I will break the Assyrian in my land and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off them and his burden depart from off their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purpose and who shall disannul it? And it's, and his hand is stretched out and who shall turn it back? I don't know about you. Your life may be in, 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 in State Farm's hands. But my life is in his hands. And what he purposes is what's going to come to pass in my life, not what chance would, would bring to my life. My life is not some 
awkward thing and, and I'm going through here and, and I don't know if fate's going to have its way or, 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 or if chance is going to play its game on me or if luck's going to show up for me today. I'm not living for luck today. I'm living because I love him and he's the God whose hand is on everything in my life and he's governed me everywhere I'm going. Even if that takes me by a brook called Cherith. Amen. God's hand is on me. And some of you are in a place right now. You don't understand why you're there. And I'm going to tell you why you're there. Because God had to bring you to that place to prepare you for the next place he wants to take you. Because you're going to have to speak words of faith into somebody that's looking at their last meal. They're looking at their last meal. Me and my son are about to eat our last meal and we're just going to dry up and die like everybody else. If Elijah had not first been to Cherith and learned how to trust God and learned that God can supply and keep him, he would never have been able to say to that woman at Zarephath, you go prepare it and God's going to take care of the meal. God's going to take care of the barrel. He's going to take care of the oil. The reason some of you are going through the hell that you're going through right now is so when you come out of it and you are going to come out of it, you can tell somebody else, hey, it will not burn you. It can do everything but burn you. It can do everything but destroy you. Amen. The three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the furnace, the only thing that the fire burned off of them was what bound them. And now they're just rejoicing down in that furnace. Amen. Some of you looking at me like, what happened to him? I'm going to tell you what happened to me. There, there came a fresh realization today. And, and not just today, but a few days ago when I began to consider this story. That, that my life is not in the hand of fate or chance our luck, our coincidence. The steps of a good man, not a great man, but a good man, are ordered of the Lord. That means wherever I went today, God already knew where I was going to be. And the reason that God has allowed me to go through some of the things that we've gone through is for us to help somebody else have the faith to believe that they can go through it and they can overcome it and they can conquer it and they can come out victorious on the other side. You know, I had some, I, 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 when we flooded the first time, just a little personal experience, but when we flooded the first time, there's there's no words in the English vocabulary that could describe the way I felt in that moment. Just the overwhelming unbelief. This could not be. This could not happen. I mean, how could this? How could God let this happen? And then the reality is, you know what? It did flood. So what are you going to do? You're going to clean it up. You're not going to lay around and, and suck on your thumb and cry in your milk and, and, 
and, and hope somebody will feel sorry for you because nobody's going to feel sorry for you. So we got busy and we cleaned it up by the help of a good contractor. We got our building back together. And, and about six months after we finished cleaning up and getting everything in order, we flood again worse than ever. You say, well, you, you must not be in the will of God. That must be the judgments of God. And I'm going to tell you what I feel like happened. We weren't the only ones that flooded. My nephew pastors in, in Dickinson, and this was their first tragedy in all the time he had been there. This was their first real test. And I believe that God allowed us to go through one before to show them that you can go through it and come out better than you went into it. And so we had to go through that first one in order to have the faith to say to them in the second one, you know what? You're going to be able to smile again. You're going to be able to laugh and clap your hands again. You're going to be able to rejoice. This isn't the end of your church. This isn't the end of your ministry. This isn't going to stop what God's doing in Dickinson. And I'm here to tell you tonight that whatever is happening in your life right now is not by coincidence, but God is preparing you because Somewhere up ahead, somebody's going to need a shot of faith. And it's going to be because you went through it and you survived it that you're able to give them that shot of faith to believe God for supernatural things. Come on, let's read a little more. Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. I just kind of butchered this one already. Just Isaiah chapter 45, verse number 3. He said, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I. What's God going to do? God said, I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness. Whatever you're going through, the darkness, there's treasures in that darkness that you're going through. And God said, I'm going to give you those treasures. I'm going to give them to you that thou mayest know that I The Lord, which called thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have summoned thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. The reason that I let you go through what you're going through is so somebody else could learn that there's only one way, there's only one solution, and that's to the Lord of glory. And he is the one that's in control of your life, not your circumstances, but God alone. Amen. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Amen. Let's not stop there though. 
Oh, let's read a little further. Drop down, O ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe unto him that striveth with the Maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherd of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth, What makest thou or thy work? He hath, he hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begetteth thee thou? Or to the woman, What hast thou brought forth? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, saith the Lord. Let's go on to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48, verse number 8. He said, Yea, thou heardest not. Yea, thou knewest not. Yea, from that time thou thine ear hath not opened. For I knew, I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake, Will I defer mine anger and for my praise I will refrain for thee that I may, that I cut thee not off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction for mine own sake. Even for mine own sake will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Amen. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29. I think most of you probably know this verse, but you need to, you, you, you need to read it in the context of all that he was trying to say. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your Heart. Amen. Let's go to, uh, let, let's go to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one. You think we're just Old Testament bound. We're going to get into the New Testament for a little while. Mark, Luke chapter one and, and, and verse number 37. Verse 37, for with God, everybody say with God, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Romans chapter 11, Romans the 11th chapter and verse number 36, Romans 11 and verse number 36. He said, for of him and through him and to him are all things 
to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let me read that again. For of him, out of him is one way of looking at For out of him and through him and to him are all things. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 26. First Corinthians 10 and verse number 26. He said, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Paul went on to say in another passage of scripture, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Why have you read all of these scriptures tonight? One simple reason, to help you understand more clearly that God is able to take care of you. God is able to take care of you. And God not only is able to take care of you, He will take care of you. Sometimes God's working in my life is evident. It is obvious. And at other times, it is not so obvious. It is obscured behind difficulties and troubles and pain and suffering that we cannot understand. And it is difficult for us to see or perceive that God is there, that God is working, or that this could be for our good. But Scripture has clearly declared to me that He works all things for my good. He works all things for my good. You see, it is one thing to be in God's hands. It is another thing to know and live accordingly that I am in the hands of God, that my life is in the hands of God, that my future is in the hands of God. And whatever I'm going through right now is simply a preparation for where God is about to take me. And when I get there, I'm going to have a faith there that was born here in the fire of adversity. What I've had to go through, what I've had to fight my way through, what I've had to wallow us out of, it's going to strengthen me so that when I get there, I will be able to share a faith with somebody that's greater than my adversities. Amen. You see, the problem is we easily lose sight of what we really need to stay focused on. God does not always stamp his gifts to us with the seal of heaven. Some of them have the seal of adversity. But God is ever helping me. To get to a better place. And whatever you're going through right now. You hear me tonight. If you don't understand anything else. I say understand this. That whatever you're going through right now. God knew it before the day ever came. And he is not surprised by one thing I'm going through. But if I will allow him. He will work those things that are going on in my life right now. So that when I come out of this. There's going to be a faith in me. How do you think Elijah had the faith and confidence. To say to that woman. Go take that meal and prepare it. And bring it to me first. If he had not already been through a trial of his own. I'm here to 
tell you that sometimes God brings us through places that we cannot understand. And then he even allows what has helped us in that circumstance to dry up. But it's only to move us to another place and get us in a place where we can be of greater blessing to more people and greater things can be done. So hear me tonight, greater life. Everything we've gone through, every trial we've had to face, every battle we've had to fight has been to prepare us for this moment because God knows what the future holds and he wanted us to be ready for what he had put in that future. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So when you get to the end of your resources, you're not to the end of God's. God has ways of working things out that you and I can't even imagine. Elijah was facing a famine. And God led him and directed him to the brook Cherith. And man, it was pretty nice. Every morning, every evening, the ravens brought him flesh and bread. Oh man, I don't know who they stole that food from, but they got them from somebody's house somewhere, I guess. I don't know, maybe they didn't steal it. Maybe they just, I don't know. Maybe I don't need to go there, but... Anyway, God provided. God provided. And then one day he noticed that brook's drying up. That water level's down. I thought this was going to last forever. I'm going to tell you why God dries your brook up. I'm going to tell you why God puts you in places first so that you can find out that he can provide for you. And then he dries it up. I'm going to tell you why. Because you're human and I have, I, I am very human and I have a tendency to put my dependence on the gift and not the giver. And God wanted Elijah to know that wherever you go, I'm going to take care of you. But it's not the brook that's taking care of you. It's the God who made the brook that's taking care of you. I can dry that brook up, but I'm still going to be here. Now, when when the brook goes away, don't panic. Because God's got another place for you. He said, you go down to Zarephath. There's going to be a widow there you're going to run into. You're going to, you're going to share a meal with her and it's going to open a door of the miraculous for her and her son. And you're going to be sustained through the rest of this famine. I'm just here to tell you tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever may be looking like it's drying up right now, you don't need to panic. You just need to listen for the voice of God because God's about to speak to you and give you a clear direction of the next step you need to take so that you can find your place and move on in his will. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The truth is some of us can't hear the still small voice of God when the brook's still babbling. He has to dry it up for us to be sensitive enough to hear him Say, all right, Elijah, this is enough of this phase. This has been for a reason. Now I want you to go to a widow in Zarephath because she's hopeless. She's out gathering sticks for her last meal. And I just want her to know that there's more to come. Amen. You know what I need to do? I need to quit complaining about what I'm going through and start listening for what God's trying to tell me. During what I'm going through. I need to stop 
worrying about how it's going to work out and start listening to that still small voice. And the word of the Lord came again. I am so thankful that God has a word for me in my time of need. And I'm sure that Elijah was shaken when the waters began to diminish. But when that brook quietened down, then he heard the voice of the Lord again. And in his extremity, God's word came clearly. Go to Zarephath. And there in that situation, God helped him be a blessing to someone else. Let me tell you something about the education of our faith. The education of our faith is incomplete unless we learn that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Our faith has not been duly educated until we learn that God can sometimes take things But he never takes things to hurt us. He takes things to position us for something better. Amen. Praise God. Some of you need to believe that right now. Some of you need to understand that your problem that you're going through right now, you can trust him. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to leave you hanging out there. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forget you. He is going to keep you. You are the apple of his eye. He has not forgotten you. He has not lost your address. He has not lost interest in you. He knows exactly where you are. And he knows how to keep you through what you're going through right now. Amen. Sometimes it takes a desperate situation to get us to the place where we're willing to take that next step of faith and to trust the giver, not just the gift. Sometimes I cannot hear until things get quiet. The brook dries up. Amen. And then heaven whispers, I've got another plan for you. I've got another step for you. I've got another way for you. Amen. What is God trying to prepare Greater Life Church for? All I know is it's got to be awesome. Because we couldn't have gone through the hell we've had to go through and God not have something better for us at the end. That's why I'm not discouraged tonight. I get aggravated by all of this stuff that goes on around here. It gets on my nerves sometimes because it's not going fast enough. But this is what I've learned about God. God's hand, if you will trust Him, will always work things out for your good. And He will take the worst mess and He will turn it around and He will rework it. So when it comes out on the other end, you wonder where in the world did that come from? It came from the hand of God who orchestrated your trouble to bring you to a better place. Amen. Amen. What God is moving us toward is great. I believe that. And we have to learn the difference between trusting in a gift and trusting in the giver. Amen. The gift is for a while, but the giver is for eternity. Amen. So don't get so locked into that situation that if it dries up, you just perish with it. Just understand, if that dries up, then God's got something else for me. I remember my brother 
several years ago went through a situation on his job and there was a, a young employee there that was not, um, he was not doing his work and uh, it was obvious many complaints had been filed. But because uh, of some issues, the, the gentleman filed a complaint against my brother a racial complaint against my brother who is by no no means a racist in any form or shape. But the lawyers came in from California and they huddled around and and when when it was all said and done they said, you know what? We we could we could win the legal battle, but we're gonna lose the public battle and we can't afford to take the risk. So the best thing for you to do is just go find you another job. And he was responsible for building that the, the business to the place that it was at at that point. And so he called me. And it was not anything of my wisdom, but when he called me, the word of the Lord came through my mouth and I spoke it. I said, don't worry about it. Put it in the hands of God. Before the week is over, you're going to have an offer that's going to be better than you even imagined going to be presented to you. Three days later, the phone calls. A man from another station called and said, Hey, are you interested in coming to work for us? Why, sure. When? Now. Compensation. And the money that they offered him was twice what he was making when they terminated him at the other place. That's not even the best part. Three years pass by, and the new business that he's working for buys the old business where he used to work. And the gentleman that had caused all the ruckus now came under my brother's thumb. And he said, what do I do? I said, you just leave him alone. God will take care of him. And he did. And guess what? God took care of him. Somebody else fired him. My brother didn't have to mess with him. I'm just telling you that when you walk with God and you trust him, God will not leave you hanging. You hear me. You may go through a season where it seemed like heaven is as brass and God's not even interested in you, but God is, the, the more severe the test, the greater the victory is going to be. The more severe the test, the greater promise God has for you on the other side. And if you will just endure unto the end, I'm telling you that the outcome is going to be so great. You'll be dancing one day and say, thank you, God, that you helped me to stand through all of this. Hallelujah. Amen. And all that God's doing right now is just preparing you. When Joseph's brothers had done what they did to him and sold him, so many things could have happened to Joseph. He's one of the great stories of the Bible that's worthy of studying over and over, watching his reaction. You find no bitterness. You find 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had to have wrestled with those feelings, but they never seemed to surface. Joseph kept himself, and even when lied upon by Potiphar's wife and, and had to be put back in prison, he maintained his integrity. He held on to what he knew was right. And at, there, there were moments when, when if you were to look at Joseph's life, you would have thought, man, you are a, you are the biggest fool of f- fools. If God was God, why is he letting you go through what you're going through right now? Because Pharaoh's going to need somebody that knows how to run the land when a famine comes. And you're the one that's qualified to do it. And so he goes through all of that and he comes out of it. And now he's, he is the man. He's, he, he's the power broker of the world at that point. And his own brothers come to him and he disguises, he, he, he doesn't reveal himself to them at first. They don't recognize him. And, and time goes on and, and you know the story of finally he reveals himself to his brothers and they were fearful that he was going to kill them and exact his revenge. But he makes this statement. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Interesting thing. The word meant is a word that came from the weaver's shop. And it referred to the, the the weaving of thread in and out to make a pattern or to make some some garment of some kind. And what Joseph came to understand is that the, the devil intended to weave a garment that would tie him up in bitterness. But God took the same thread, the same thread, the same pain, the same suffering, the same loneliness, the same hatred, the same bitterness. He took all of those feelings and he rewove them into a garment of praise for Joseph's life. Amen. It pays to trust God, folks. I said it pays to trust God. And whatever you're going through right now, whatever pain, whatever confusion, whatever misgivings, do not let go of your God because he's the one. The gift may dry up, but the giver has more gifts to give. Amen. And they're greater. They're, 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 they're more wonderful. And so I believe that the future of our church is destined for greater things, not because we sing it in a song, but because of what God has put us, allowed us to go through. Or not, I'm not saying God put us through necessarily. Maybe he did. I don't know. But whether he did or, or, or just like God has taken that and he has woven within us a resistance and he has put within us a stability and he has put within us a resilience that said, you know what? Knock me down. I'm coming right back up. Hit me again. I'm coming right back up. Knock me over. You're not going to knock me down. I'm going through. I'm going over. 
And because of that, there's going to be a day soon that we're going to be able to rejoice like we've never rejoiced. Amen. But I'm not waiting to then. Because I here's what I believe. I believe the level at which I'm able to rejoice now is going to be multiplied in my next phase of life. So if I rejoice with all of my might now, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like over there. Amen. If I make every service count, I can't imagine what church is going to be like when we get in in that new building. We'll have to have church seven days a week. Yeah. Oh, that makes some of you tired right now. Your eyes are rolling back in your head. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just believe this. That God has never allowed his people to go through anything that he did not take them through. Amen. And when he brings them out, they're mightier. They went into Egypt a handful. They came out of Egypt a multitude. You go figure. God can bless you wherever you are. Amen. God can bless you wherever you are. You may feel like, well, I'm in Egypt bondage right now. That's all right. God can bless you so much in Egypt bondage that when the chains are broken and you're able to go free, you're going to look around and say, man, look what the Lord has done. Multiplied blessings over and over. Stand with me. Amen. I need to shut up. Praise God. When the brook dries up, don't get fretful. Don't get angry. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. Just start looking. Something, something better is coming. Amen. A better job, a better opportunity. Amen. I'm, why? Because my life's in His hands. My life is not in the hands of fate or circumstance or a government or a system of governments. My fate is in the hands of the Almighty God. And I believe He puts up and He takes down. Amen. And I believe that when it's all said and done, the only thing that's going to remain is going to be the church of the living God. And I want to be a part of it. Would you lift your hands with me right now and let's praise Him. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your multiplied mercies to us. We bless you tonight, God, for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, that you have allowed us to come through things, not so it would overwhelm us, but so that it would strengthen us for the things that are ahead. That what we have endured, God, is preparing us for something greater. Oh, mighty God, I praise you tonight. I thank you tonight, God, for what you're doing right now. And I believe that when we have been tried, we shall come forth as pure gold. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Praise God. Well, God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't get upset. God's fixing to open a door for you. Amen.